Welcome to Meet the Developers at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome our guest moderator, special projects editor at the Sunday Times, Paul Crowton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for coming here to the Apple Store uh, on what looked like it was quite a nice evening when I arrived. Um, I'm really excited about this one because uh, in our Meet the Developer series, we get to speak to a lot of people who've brought different types of apps to market. But Halo, for me, is one of these apps which is actually genuinely, it feels like, at least to me, a game changer. There are lots of apps that I can find out the weather, but I can do that in other ways. I can find out the football scores in other ways. But to be able to simply and quickly order a taxi and also know who's going to pick me up, who's going to take me home, when they're going to arrive, this seems to be something that has, has moved the blocks a little bit. So let's find out how they did it. Before I bring the guys out, um, I think we've got a, a short film to set the mood. Please welcome Casper and Russ, the co-founders of Halo. Welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. I'll just move around a little bit so I can see everybody. There we go. Okay. Um, welcome. Thank uh, you very much. Why don't we start with a, a pretty simple question, uh, which is, how did all this come about? Firstly, I'm Russ. Um, I was a taxi driver. Um, taxi driver for 30 years, son of a cab driver, married to a cab driver. So taxi business was always in my blood. And it was trying to sort of identify the inefficiency by drivers, um, trying to make things a little bit better. And we noticed with the advent of the iOS in 07 that passengers wouldn't talk to us no more. They, they, you know, we'll have someone in the cab, and while you're driving along, you want to talk about football or politics, and they'd be busy on their their iPads and stuff and iPhones. So we decided to sort of come up with an idea. Maybe we can get passengers to use taxis for, for a service. That was the sort of nucleus of an idea. We tried to kick it around. We, we, we Gary Jackson, Terry Runham and myself, the three cab drivers, co-founders. Um, we was looking for some investment. We was looking for some ideas. Um, we did have uh, a, another web-based booking platform. Um, that was mildly successful, um, but we decided to rip that up and start again. Um, and we searched for all different investment. I applied to go on Dragons then. I only wanted 60 grand um, to give 10%. I know we didn't going to say 40, but I know sort of Peter Jones would have probably had it because we're both the same size. And, um, but no, we, we kept getting knocked back after knocked back, but we knew we was on something really, really big. I even asked Peter Stringfellow. I picked up Peter Stringfellow one day. And as we were driving along, I suppose this was one of the turning points is that um, we were talking all sorts of subjects, as you can imagine. And um, I just said to him, you know, I I've got this idea about a taxi app. And he said, uh, I was, no, I said, sorry, I said, I've got this idea 
Uh, he said, what is it? I said, I want to start a business. He said, what's it about? I said, it's a taxi app. He said, you don't need to tell me anymore. So I said, why is that? I ain't told you. He said, because you're doing something that you know. And I think that really gave us a, a, a push to further sort of uh, try and find like-minded people. Um, we did have a, an offer on the table, but at the same time, um, in a coffee shop up in Tottenham Court Road, um, we had an email to meet three other guys. Casper is one, uh, Jay Bregman, and uh, Ron Zeeyeiba, one of the meters. So we sat down in this uh, coffee shop for quite a, quite a while, plenty of rounds of to tea and toast, and we finally realized that where I think Casper will probably pick this up, was that they had the technical expertise, uh, we had a certain amount of knowledge of the taxi industry, and um, together it would be a, a sort of cocktail of success. Sort of a, sure. so, th so that's where we, we, we began. Um, and then there was meeting after meeting. This is through, this was um, November 10. And by the April, May of the following year, we had the driver app, which I'm going to show you later. Sure. Um, and then it was a matter of just building a simple passenger app. Simple such, but you know, it was quite complicated. But for these guys, it was, it was a more simpler process than a driver app. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then, yeah, and we, we set sail on the 1st of November, sort of 2011. And uh, it's gone on from there. If you I want to add anything there, Casper. Yeah, no, I think the genesis of the idea was all about the inefficiency in the marketplace. When you see a marketplace in which taxi drivers like Russ were driving around empty 40% of the time, and yet at the same time you've got passengers flailing their arm on the corner of the street, not being able to get a taxi, that's a demonstration of such market inefficiency that it really represents an opportunity that was worth solving. And as Russ has said, Jay and Ron and I had come from various different backgrounds um, and to come to this insight because of work that we'd done in a similar industry, the courier industry, which had similar kind of inefficiencies. Um, and we said, look, we can apply this way better to a way bigger space to improve people's lives, both on the driver side and on the passenger side, so much more. Surely there's got to be an opportunity there. And we looked at what had happened in the marketplace before and we realized that this was back in 2010, we weren't the first people to have had the idea about a taxi app. Uh, in fact, there were any number out there already. But what they'd done is they just created this incredibly simple app that showed a driver where a passenger might be and a, an app for the passenger that showed where the driver might be and, and thought that was enough. And our insight was very clearly that, that that wasn't enough because it's almost impossible to build those markets simultaneously in a way that matches supply and demand so that customers are always getting a passenger always getting a great service and drivers are always getting what they want which is work you, you can't grow efficiently uh, both sides at the same time so we said actually what we need to do is we need to create a pool of supply on the driver side big enough and liquid enough to be able to absorb as much varied passenger demand as you can possibly put together and in that way the passengers will always get the service they want so how do we create this pool of demand? The answer has to be to create an application, a tool that is useful to drivers, even in the absence of jobs. Obviously, what drivers well, want is, it was, it was, what they want is jobs. But, but yeah. in the absence of jobs, can we give them a tool that adds value to their life? And Russ will talk about that in a minute. But the key point is what brought us to link together was we said, if that's our insight, and that's the way we're going to break this market, we're going we're to create something that's different and works really well for everybody, we need the expert insight 
that is brought by taxi drivers. And that's when we went out looking for the, the missing ingredient for us, which was the expertise and insight within the industry from people who were recognized and respected in the industry, who had that knowledge and all those things that we needed to complement the technical expertise that we had and some of the business knowledge that we had. And it was that coming together that I think created the real recipe for success. So you were actually looking at this kind of thing before you met these guys? Yes. So it, it's, okay. it was an incredible parallel piece. And that at the same time that you know, Russ was describing their search for a little bit more funding, a little bit more technical expertise, we were out there looking for great drivers, great insiders, people who really understood the industry. So it's a great romantic story of the, people meeting up. I have to say it's a perfect match. It was, yeah. it was, it, we've argued since. I've threatened to leave him, but uh, no, it was, it was a, I remember leaving the coffee shop um, and obviously ongoing meetings we had, but I remember going back to my cab with, with uh, Gary and Terry thinking, you know, these guys are going to be the guys that's going to help us because even though we had sort of six figure sum to work with, we had really made sort of expertise. Casper's would have been the operations manager in, in Ikuria, um, fast experience, you know, Ron had the similar experience in the finance world. So, you know, it was quite, I remember quite well when we was just across the road in Carnaby Street in the early days in that um, tech hub, you know, everything that we, we said we wanted in the, in the driver's app, take a credit card, see where, we tra we, where, where other drivers are, you know, notify other drivers where the traffic is, notify other drivers when a, a theater bursts. All this is extra information to make the drivers, uh, you know, shift more efficient. Mm. And, and these guys delivered. So, you know, it wasn't, it was, you know, people often say, you know, was you surprised? Even before we met Jay, Ron and Casper, you know, there was, the, there was the market was there. Sure. Yeah. Well, the great thing about this product is you often talk about people finding their market and, and doing testing and seeing how big the market is. You know, you only have to go outside when it's raining to find out how big the market is. Yeah. You know, there's a huge market which can be upsized around the world, as, you know, we'll get on to later about where you're going next. So the market clearly is there. All you have to do is join the two parties, and, as you say. And I, and I think the, the key thing is what, what Halo is really about. It's about bringing the hail into the 21st century. It's about taking a 400-year-old industry and updating it uh, in a way that improves everybody's lives. You know, we all know that, as you said, you, you can walk out onto the street and get a taxi sometimes, but you have to go out there and play taxi roulette. And three times out of five, that works. But one time out of five, it takes a long time. And one time out of five, you know, it's really unpleasant when you have to kind of leapfrog the guy who stops 20 yards down the road in front of you and takes your cab and so on. And what Halo was all about was simply making it easier for the passenger to have their time back, to have control back, to bring, uh, to give them a little bit something extra in their kind of everyday life at the same time as giving drivers you know, who are working 12 hours a day in a cab, in an isolated world, in, in some parts of the world, not earning very much money. Taxi drivers in London are actually better paid. But, um, you know, it, it, if we can take this really simple idea and use it to improve both sides of that marketplace, that's a, that's a really kind of empowering thing. Right. We had the, uh, because obviously our previous uh, uh, venture, we had a good database of drivers, almost, well, four figures, a thousand drivers. When we was trying to design the driver's app, which we never really had, I had the, uh, with me, Gary and Terry, we had the task of ringing up all those drivers on our database and convincing them 
to go to and go and buy an IFA mm. at 3GS. And it was like, well, I don't want one. I'm saying, look, just go out and get, because I had an iPhone anyway, so I knew what the product was all about. You know, mm. you can look at YouTube, you know, play all sorts of games, etc. keep you entertained while you're out in the rank. I said, but this is going to get your business. And a thousand of those guys followed us over. And I just said earlier, I think, I think Apple owe me a few quid for selling all the... the I mean, we've got 14,500 drivers now, you know. And, um, you know, one of the big tasks is, is getting their grandchildren to drag the cab driver to the nearest app store, you know, to, 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 buy, to buy an iPhone. Which is working, because they come back afterwards with the box and say, like to our office, the yeah. driver office, and they say, right, now help me. So we set them up with an email address. We liberate all the men cab drivers because always got their wives like mary.smith at hotnail.co.uk. So we, we, we go out there, we give them their own sort of liberty, the, the men cab drivers amongst us, which is always quite funny early on. Fair enough. Um, why don't we have a look at the, the driver app as well? Okay. Because you, we've mentioned it, so let's, let's have a look yeah. at this. Um, because, as you said, the, the, the app that we as consumers look at it's pretty easy to to operate and within a couple of clicks or whatever you can order a cab but this is what the driver says yeah, so you want to talk us through this Ross? yeah so um are we up there not yet yeah so up there now so that's the that's the screen let's go back to the beginning then so as you can see it's two different apps the passenger one on the on the left and, and the driver one with a little road that's his own app and before the driver goes on shift he always has to put in his his badge number and so um, that obviously verifies who the driver is, and every single driver that's on our system is verified, and we're in conjunction with TfL, so we make sure they're, they're licensed, obviously. And we have a little headshot, and there's, um, just there you'll see my little headshot, so that always gets authorised um, as well. So going back to the actual uh, job page itself, so I can actually go on shift, so I'll put in my badge number, and this, I'll, be, I'll be live now, so actually I could receive a job, so I better go off shift. But while I'm on shift, I can do a host of things. If I press events, bottom left, it sort of geolocates me, obviously, to the app store. And then if I'm driving along and I want to see what's around me, I can actually pull the app out. And if I look back down by uh, south of there, I'll tip on the, uh, the little green icon. And you can see that the Meridian Hotel in Piccadilly has got, got work. That means the doorman's looking for cab drivers. Further to the left, Selfridges, cabs are needed. So it's a, it's a form of um, information. So at least I'm driving around with an extra, extra pair of eyes. Uh, but these are all cab drivers giving me this information. Um, if we look around a bit more, I'll probably see some red ones. So if I tap on the red one, that's Marylebone Station. So instead of going into Marylebone Station and looking at the rank, a cab driver's already there and he said, don't bother, it's full. Um, but the little red exclamation marks, as you can see, I can tap on any of those. So, for instance, there's a traffic delay five to ten minutes. Uh, tap that, and it says in all directions. So, basically, keep away from that particular area. So, and if I want to say, for instance, there's uh, loads of people outside the Apple Store, I can tap the top right, which is uh, an information bar. I can say there's a rank, uh, job burst, so it means lots of people. Small, medium, or large, I can add a note at the Apple Store there's 150 people, and that will automatically go around to all the drivers. I won't do that because it would be a mad rush, obviously. Um, but, yeah, so that's a, it's, a, it's a form of communication. The other thing as well, it, it does, we, we can take a credit card because early days, it's like, you know, I had the vision back in 1995 whereby I thought by the year 2000 that everything would be, you know, card. Mm. So um, even still, the only time people stop now in a cab 
is, is to get cash out of a hole in the wall. You don't have to do that with Halo. You just tap on fast pay. It geolocates to where you are. Obviously, if I'm going to take you to wherever you're going to, I can just fill in the field, press next, enter your, 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 your card details. It's all safe. And then, you know, you will get an email we see, I'll get an email we see, and the, the job goes through seamlessly. So that's, that's without even getting a Halo job. So you're getting, you're getting what you're getting? You're getting um, all the information on the roads. You're getting where the work is. You can do a credit card job. And also, we've got friends um, coming soon where you can keep, uh, keep in touch with all the taxi drivers that are around you. So this was a very smart way of getting people to, to join the club, effectively. So rather than saying, look, it will make you money, I promise, you're going out there and saying, yeah. look, I'm going to give you some value. The thing is, Paul, we didn't even have this. This was on pieces of paper yeah. in Casper's in, in ledger which is probably worth a few quid. I don't know where that is at the moment, but he's got it tucked away somewhere. But it was all these ideas of what we can build, and we had to, to ex Gabby, Terry, and myself, we had to explain to all the drivers um, what we were going to build. And we went ahead and built it. Now, I'm, I'm really interested in when, when we talk to um, teams and developers about how they iterate and, and develop the product. So I'll ask you both, what was the most important piece of feedback that you guys received early on that's kind of made you pivot in the, the parlance of developing? Anything that really changed your, your mindset? Well, uh, I'll take something on the passenger side, actually, which is um, really that we should focus on kind of brutal simplicity. All the feedback from passengers was that actually what they loved about the app was the smoothness of use, the ease of use, um, the fact that even th that we could make painful things smoother. So, you know, Russ talked about paying by card at the end of a trip. The fact that you get out of a cab, normally you have to fumble with your cash, or at worst case, you have to stop at a cash point machine. You know, with Halo, it was that ease of the journey ends, you just get out of the cab, your electronic receipt appears, you know, a few seconds later on your phone, bang, you're done. And we, we really took the feedback from customers to heart. And, and one kind of concrete example of that is we, we toyed around early on with the idea of doing pre-books as well as, you know, get me a cab as soon as possible. And in fact, all the feedback from the customers was, you, you, you don't need to do this at the moment because you're giving me the confidence just to open the app and book a cab when I need it. Now, we recognize that actually, you know, on the journey of expansion, we'll put that back on the agenda at some stage. But in those early days, it was all about really, really focusing on simplicity, both for ease of use and for actual ease of development and deployment. Anything you want to add to that? No, no, no. I summed it up quite <laughs> well. Yeah. Good. Um, what you mentioned in the kind of in your intro uh, speech about rival applications doing certain things, but is there anything that you've learned from other apps that you've thought either kind of similar? things that are trying to do the same thing or a completely different app with different functionality that you've, you've borrowed ideas from or just thought, you know, why don't we do that? So I think you learn from everywhere all the time. Um, and we've been lucky enough to have great product guys inside our business who are always out there looking for new ideas and, and new innovations. Um, have we learned, I'm trying to think of something specific that I'd say we'd learned. I would say that the real, at the heart of everything that we did is we learned that 
all the developments that we did had to work for both drivers and for passengers. And that there were some people who tried to kind of make a quick buck here or a quick buck there or, or go for the easy answer. And that that worked for a little bit of time. But what we learned most is actually it has to work on both sides of this marketplace or you don't really have a sustainable product. And we've worked incredibly hard on making this sustainable. Great. Now, um, you've, you've got funding in the, in the first wave. You've recently got a, a whole bunch more money recently. Um, tell me a bit about how Richard Branson got involved, because that was quite a coup, isn't it? Um, let me take you back a bit, because I think it's really important. There may be people here who want to do this. And, and it's, you talk about Richard Branson, it makes it all sound kind of very easy and very flash. But in fact, like most startups, when, when Russell and uh, Terry and Gary and Jan, Ron and I got together, we didn't have any money. We just had an idea. And we did the normal kinds of things. We bootstrapped it. We self-funded. Um, then as our confidence in the idea grew, we kind of tried to find a developer who could help us bring it to life uh, for free. In fact, we found a great guy who worked you know, part-time evenings and weekends who you know, didn't want any money. That was great. Then we built the confidence a bit more and we self-funded a bit more and, 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 and we got the idea to a stage where maybe we actually had, I was thinking back to those in my notebook and we had some really horrible orange first designs but that we could share with people. And then, and then where it all starts is actually getting out there and, and pitching your idea to people. And we actually started in a very traditional way of after the self-funding stage of going out and trying to raise money from angels. And we, we went out there and, and, and kind of walked the streets pretty much, looking for that kind of money, pitching this idea. And it was really only through that and, and, and finding those people who believed in the idea that we had and the combination of the idea and the people and the approach that allowed us to kind of raise that first tranche of money, which then built into further success and further success and further success. And now that we do have money from the likes of entrepreneurs like Richard Branson, who kindly give of their time and their ideas as well as their money, as well as kind of the major venture capitalist names, be that kind of Wellington Partners and Atomico who came in at the very beginning, who, you know, the Atomico guys uh, are closely associated with Skype. We brought in, you know, Excel later who uh, have just been very successful with Facebook. Uh, you know, most recently Richard Branson and Union Square Ventures who've been doing great work on the East Coast of the US with uh, things like Twitter. So we've been really lucky to be able to get really high quality investment from the very beginning and for it not to be just about the money. And that's kind of really important because however good your business is, there are always other really good out ideas out there that you can benefit from. Yeah, and I'll, just to add to that, I mean, the early days when we met people like Nicholas Enstrom from Skype, you know, co-founder, like sold it to billions and sold it on for billions. And he's sitting next to you and he says, this is fantastic. And like, you, you know you want something. And I go, yeah, I know it's gonna be good. You know, and they backed us. I think, I think that was good. I think, I think there's, as well, I mean, we regularly meet with uh, the board, uh, the, the VCs, and, and they, they love what we do on first name terms. How's it going? And um, I think that they like to hear what, the driver's side, what's, what's, it, what's going on on the, on the street. I think that's instrumental as well to, to gain that sort of funding. I haven't met Richard yet, but uh, hopefully we we meet. Might pick him up one day. Might pick him up, yeah. <laughs> um, he might take me to his island for a That would be good. I need uh, an holiday, I'll tell you. You've, you're expanding a lot. You're in New York, Osaka, Dublin, Madrid, various others. I won't try and rattle them off. Um, what, how are the territories different? Are there kind of glaring differences around the world, or do you find that 
you're actually doing the same need? Well, I always say this. I think um, London cab drivers, even though people have a go at them sometimes with the, old, the, the consummate professional, um, it takes three, four, five years. You know, some inmates <laughs> took seven or eight, but you get there in the end and, and it's, it's well respected. And wherever I go, wherever I go in the world, you know, you mentioned I'm a cab driver. I mean, I was in Dubai last year very quickly, not on business, just uh, celebrating me, uh, me birthday. And um, I was just chatting to a cab driver and it's like Indian guy and I'm saying, hey, how's it going? He's saying, yeah, it's okay. You know, so we're not sort of, and I'm sitting with my wife as well. I'm saying, have you been busy? Yes, all right. I say, well, I drive a taxi in London. They go, wow, you know, one of them ran things. Oh, I love it. You know, where do you want to go? You know, let's have it for free. You know, so, and, and I've done it in Spain. So I get free cab rides everywhere I go. And uh, <laughs> quite recently, I've just come back from Naples. Uh, my wife and my mother-in-law took them, took them away for a couple of days. And uh, as, I don't know if anyone's been to Naples, but as you get off the boat, they try and sell you Pompeii. Uh, yeah, come on, you know, go to Pompeii. And I just said, well, actually, have you seen Halo? And they go, wow, we don't want Pompeii. Give us Halo. Because they, they recognise it's, it's something uh, good for cab drivers. Hmm. Uh, to uh, try and answer your question, I think um, <laughs> cab drivers, wherever you go, we all do the same. We all do the same. You know, our business is picking people up, taking them to somewhere uh, and, and, and earning money. And, and I think this is, uh, you know, people said it's a no-brainer. It's a game-changer. And... Um, uh, that's what it does for cab drivers. So if you've learned nothing else, if you go into a cab and you've got no money, just tell them you're a cab driver and you'll get a free ride. Yeah, <laughs> or a nurse, if you can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard a rumour that you're looking to use a similar technology and, and move into other areas and other kind of producing other apps. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Or I think, let, let's put it like this. So people know us at this stage as being a taxi app but we actually think of ourselves as a slightly kind of bipolar organization. So on the one hand, what people see every day is hopefully what most passengers see is a really nice, slick app that helps them in their lives, gives them some control back. It's, it's a smooth utility that, that, that adds value. What the drivers get is a tool that solves some of their life problems, the isolation problems, the economic efficiency problems. So that's what we are, taxi app business. But actually, we're not. What we are actually up here is we are a technology platform. And what we have is a technology platform that provides a really sophisticated and slick matchmaking service between mobile service providers and mobile consumers that creates networks and communities that we can then add value to over time. And the most obvious angle there is clearly lots of our passengers store a credit card with us, giving them an electronic wallet through Halo. Um, we create networks of international networks of the millions of passengers that we now have that creates that kind of global opportunity. But we also create local and regional networks within the cabbie community, but actually probably more uh, widely within the passenger community, within those kind of commuting hubs, be it London or Dublin, which is one of the most traveled uh, European network routes. So without wanting to kind of give any, anything away, it's all about leveraging that technology platform that matchmakes in that way to continue to add value uh, in markets that work, but could be a lot better. Because that's how it was with taxis. You could get a taxi, but by God, it could be a lot better. And that's ho what hopefully what we've done with Halo. Now, I'm just about to open it out to the floor. So if you've got any questions, please um, get ready to put your hand up. But uh, question I always like asking cab drivers, so keep it clean, but what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened in the back of your cab? 
the weirdest thing, well, I work nights, so... Even better. Yeah, I can't say too much. The weirdest thing, I suppose, um, a quick story. I was, um, I was sitting at the Hilton Hotel late one night, about 10, 11 o'clock, and the doorman come out, and he said, uh, I want a pair of silver socks. Right. So I said, right, you know, so I asked no questions to tell no lies, but you got to deliver. And I knew a shop in Bayswater in Queensway that was like 24 hours. Silver socks. Silver socks. This isn't code for anything, is it? Silver socks. I don't <laughs> know what it was used for, but um, I went back and the doorman was ever so pleased that I delivered. And, uh, but no, there's, the cab driver's got tons of stories. Um, I suppose one, one of them is probably the, um, the most, most favourite passenger. Is um, I picked this old lady up with grey hair, obviously. And uh, as we were driving along, she, she said... Uh, I was telling her to turn on an eel, and she said, uh, do you like music? So I said, yeah, sort of all souls, you know, right away across the spectrum. And she said, um, and, and it was a, an account job, like I used to be on a radio, and mm -hmm. it, her, her name was Gilmore. She said, do you like my David's music? And I looked at her name, and it's Gilmore, and I said, you don't mean to tell me you're, you're Dave Gilmore's mum? And she said, yes, have you heard of Pink Floyd? <laughs> I said, uh, so she, she, she ranks higher than Tony Bennett, um, Paddy Ashton, loads and loads of MPs, David Bowie. Um, I, I used to write a list. I stopped writing a list. But Very nice. Loads and loads of uh, uh, famous people, but uh, Mrs. Gilmore, Mrs. if she's Gilmore. still about, you know, she, 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 she she's the one that sort of took me breath away. Righto. Who's got a question for the, uh, for the chaps up here? Anybody? Right at the back. We've got some mics coming, so if you could hold on until someone sticks a mic in your hand. Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> Uh, how do you put the driver's app on the driver's iPhone? Do you use the App Store to do that? So, so, so now, now what we actually do is we use enterprise distribution to do that. Um, so we have drivers, we have a, a download link that they can use to download that directly to their phone. Anybody else? One at the front here. Hi. Hi. Uh, you're actually rate the drivers when you finish it, when, you, when, you, when I'm done. Uh, what I'd like to ask is, if a driver continuously gets a very bad star, do you take him out of your network? Because the idea is to yeah. have good drivers, because... Yeah, we take him out to sea in a little boat, and uh, we give him concrete boots. No, we don't really. I mean, obviously, we, we do have a code of conduct whereby, you know, if someone makes a complaint about a driver, and vice versa, drivers make a complaint about a passenger. You know, we look into every complaint. We've got an excellent business support group and we've got a, a great driver support group as well. So if there's, you know, if, if some driver, a passenger comes through, as you can you make comments, um, we look at it very seriously and one of the team phone the driver. And normally, a, you know, it can be dealt with. There's a sort of handbag situation going on. You know, someone's not happy with the route, et cetera, et cetera. But no, we, we do value the star rating and it does keep us, I think the vast majority of the stars are, We've got 90-odd percent, 98, 99% five stars. The idea is, the idea is usually... Sorry, it's too much noise. The idea is usually if, if people are rating some passengers, for instance, if, if you have 100% or five stars, yeah. I'd like to be able to pick you up and choose the driver that I'd like to use. Well, but I believe you randomly send the drivers, I think, right? You do not give the options of choosing, okay, this is five stars, four stars. Okay. The We've only got five-star drivers on island. All right, excellent. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. Can the drivers choose their passengers? Can you, uh, can you rate the passengers? Rate He's a five-star oh, yeah. passenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we, we constantly rate the passengers as well. Yep. I mean, what is, you know, average, you would average, what, three stars, four stars. But obviously anything flags up with a one star. As I said before, normally it would involve sort of going to the authorities. But we do the authorities a great, great service as well because instead of you complaining to the authorities about me, you go now to Halo and then it's, you know, with a sort of buffer between the, 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 the license authority. And I will add as well, we return, I think it's around about 15 of, uh, pieces of lost property per, per week. So if you left your bag or your girlfriend in the cab and you suddenly left, you know, you've only got to tap the app and you can contact that driver again and say, hey, you know, I forgot my wife. She was a little bit drunk. But, but we do that. Sorry. But we do do that. We That's do, a whole we do. different service. Lost property is it's a, it's a good service, yeah. yeah. Sir? I've got um, two questions, if you don't mind. I'll, I'll be very brief. Uh, the first is um, how important were the financial projections in terms of raising the money you needed? Was it you knew that this was like in your gut that this was a huge thing? And did you spend a lot of time doing the financials and, and how much the market size and the value was. And the second question, um, it sounds like you had some sort of political clout here in the UK with local London-based taxi drivers. Um, how difficult was it to um, kind of rally the troops in other territories that you didn't necessarily have, like know anyone on the ground? Well, I, I mean, I, I, was, I used to do some, some uh, taxi media, so lots of, I mean, I've been driving 30 years, as I said, so... Lots of people knew who I was through me, me, me. I used to write a lot of football, uh, a lot of cab trade stuff. So when I approached people, they, they sort of knew who I was. So there was that sort of comfort of, at least I'm dealing with someone that, that I can trust. Quite transparent. I was on a radio circuit for 15 years. Um, I was a, one of the lead marshals for them. I even stood for board of management at one point. So I was, I was known in the taxi industry. So there was this comfort of... Yeah, the big guy, I know what he's about. He's a taxi driver. His dad was a cab driver and stuff like that. So, you know, that, I think that was a, a, a massive point going forward. Getting to the stage now of, of the 20-odd thousand drivers uh, that are available, we're, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're tipping. We're at tipping point. But, but just to build on your international point, we've taken that principle of being powered by drivers to every single city that we've entered. And in every city that we enter, we find drivers like Russell, I mean, Russell is of course unique, but as close as we can get to drivers like Russell to be at the heart of our business in each city. So we attempt to replicate that because we want that local knowledge and that local insight and that local input. So I think on that so point. Yeah. Then to, to, to pick up your second point, um, yeah, of course we spent time on the financial projections. You won't, you won't typically raise money without giving somebody an idea of something, but that something doesn't always have to be super detailed. You know, if you can talk about the taxi market as a, you know, $35 billion market to play in globally, even in just the larger cities around the world, that already gets people excited. If you can talk about how much uh, you can generate, even with a relatively small market share, so that you're not having to make outrageous claims about how successful you're going to be in order to still make this a good thing to do, those are the kinds of things that matter, not, not getting to a level of exactness that will always be wrong. Yeah, just go back to the drivers as well. Is that uh, driver, yeah, we call them driver partners. So in Boston, Chicago, Toronto, DC, New York, you know, Barcelona, Madrid, Dublin, Cork, we have drivers, taxi drivers, like-minded taxi drivers, 
and um, I host a, you know, I chair the sort of global halo drivers, which is a message to 40,000 drivers worldwide. And uh, we regularly meet uh, every couple of months. It's quite random. You can imagine sort of drivers from all different cities all trying to talk at the same time. But um, that's, that's important because we all give each other feedback. For instance, um, you know, Madrid and Barcelona just kicked off in the summer. They've got the same sort of teething problems that, you know, Dublin had when they launched back in July 12. So we, we've always got the answers. And, this, and I think it's very important that whichever city we go to, um, and I've been to all the cities, I've launched every city, and I've, I've actually spoken all the different languages as well, which is quite tricky because I'm just picking up English. Uh, but Japanese, Spanish, Japanese, Spanish, and, and Irish. So I always give a presentation to the drivers, and we always have a driver breakfast as well. So I invite all the drivers to come for breakfast, and just to say this is what we're building, and, and they're bought into that sort of, it's driver, you know, made by drivers for drivers. We've got time for two more questions. So there's gentleman at the back in the hat, um, and then we'll go over there in the corner. Hi, good evening. First of all, congr congratulations on, a, on an amazing app. Um, just to pick up from the gent gentleman in front um, about financials and about um, having your driver um, community, how, how, how important is it as far as getting it out, to, um, the, the, uh, out on the market, making people aware? I mean, how, how important is advertising? And I, I have to... Uh, um, so I've got a, an interest here because I, I mean we've just launched an outdoor ad, ad, advertising um, business, and I'd like to know how important advertising is um, in comparison to your fine, 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 fine financials. Did you budget that in in a big way, or what did you see as powering your your app to you know the, outs think, the outside world? I think the audience, you all, pretty much answered that question at the beginning of this session because. There is nothing more powerful than word of mouth. Absolutely nothing. And that another of the fantastic foundations of the success of Halo was that by starting by thinking about drivers and trying to make their day better and to make them more efficient, um, we gained their support and their enthusiastic support that meant that from the very beginning, they were enthusing about the product to passengers. And that got the ball rolling. And with that kind of enthusiasm, the passengers absolutely love it. You know, the getting, a, getting a taxi suddenly became actually a more enjoyable experience as well as an easier and simpler one. And then the passengers started talking to the drivers. Oh, don't you have Halo yet? Ah, oh, you should really get Halo. And we got into this incredible virtuous circle. Don't get me wrong. At some stage, of course, you actually have to do digital marketing. At some stage, maybe even you get to do outdoor marketing, you know, above the line stuff, even though that's much more expensive. But I would definitely say that when we started, the foundation of our success we always knew had to be on building great word of mouth, partly because that's economically so much more efficient, but partly because it's the kind of proof that we were looking for ourselves, and of course investors are looking for, to demonstrate that your product is really successful. So I would definitely think about that as you start off, and don't, don't just think about spending mega bucks from the very beginning. Great. And final question, if we can be relatively brief, sir, because we're close to running out of time, but here it comes. Hi, guys. Um, you mentioned you're so much more than just a, a cab app. Um, if so, if that means that your competitors aren't really cabby or another option such as Alison Lee, 
who do you really see your competitors as if you're more than just a cab app? That's a good question. I, I, was, I was saying earlier this evening that actually what we see is Halo is probably one of the increasing number of uh, businesses uh, and technologies that does something slightly unusual. And that somebody used an, uh, in an email to me the other day the phrase O2O. And I had to ask them what it meant, because we all know about B2B and B2C and all those things, O2O. And they said, oh no, O2O, th th this is online to offline. And that is what Halo does. We're not a pure digital service. We use digital, the digital medium, the power of the smartphone that's in your pocket to make something in the real world, the physical world, that bit easier, that bit smoother, that bit more enjoyable. So it's not so much that we're out there looking at competitors. What we're doing is we're out there looking at markets that work but could work a little bit better and that with our help we can make work better for both sides. As we leave there's going to be um, a little advert for the Japanese side of the business which is um, going to play for your delectation um, but please do thank our guys from Halo. Thank you very much indeed for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Hey,